1: What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. Emphasis on other related topics today, Casey. Ooh, Alex. I am one of your hosts, Alex Croson, sitting along here with Mr. Jonathan Casey Clap. Alexander Croson Not my
0: name Not my name either Wow, it's a truce I am John Casey Clapp There is no within
1: (laughs) I see, I am Alex Kurt Croson Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How about that?
0: Actually, I believe I knew that But I didn't think about it before I said that Yeah So now my brain, I think, was just like This'll be good without Mm. checking with the rest of my brain and it just it just came out but it turns out the rest of my brain actually given it a thumbs up from like deep in the ether
1: that's kind of your mo right
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's you know in a star wars they're like shoot first like uh, or no someone says like uh, shoot
1: first ask questions later yeah exactly
0: i uh i think i talk first ask questions later later. yeah think later (laughs) and then uh ideally if i can keep talking Uh, while my brain catches up and then i can correct all the things as i say them yes no one
1: knows uh yeah no one knows nobody
0: knows alex
1: (laughs) i have a pretty good idea for making this podcast with you yeah
0: you're you're nah anyway
1: casey uh listen today this this episode is is uh, we'll just say it. This episode is controversial.
0: It is. It's controversial. That's without going without without a doubt. Uh,
1: from the very beginning, you and I every week, without fail, have talked about
0: without fail
1: a tree
0: specifically.
1: This week, we are. I'm going to say kind of talking about a. Somewhat of a tree.
0: You know, I think that is, I think that's fair. I think we should still say we're talking about a tree, maybe not like the tree in terms of like, I don't know. How are we defining it anymore, Alex? We're, we're taking a risk. That's yes, what we're doing.
1: And we hope that you, the faithful fungal associate, will follow the, us off this. <laughs> this plank
0: it's a cliff and we're we're looking down and we're just gonna jump and hope that our hope that our wings will catch sail.
1: <laughs> um, hey out of daedalus and icarus which one are you and which one am i i, I feel like i'm probably um the child is that icarus it, um
0: icarus yeah icarus flies too close to the sun that's
1: the sun and his
0: dad makes uh, uh wings of wax and yes. they melt and then he falls to the earth right I don't know who Daedalus is.
1: I think you might be Daedalus. Is
0: Daedalus a different person? I think
1: that's the father.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm telling you then, don't go too close to the sun, Yeah, son.
1: yeah. Gotcha. And I I, I wave you at you as go. I do. And I'm like, no. The metaphor isn't perfect, but what we're saying- It's not perfect. Is today, <laughs> we are not talking about necessarily a, a tree tree, but we're talking about a tree colloquially. We are. We are talking about a plant called the Chinese- windmill palm that is right is everyone okay are, are you still there
0: alex i think they're gone. <sighs>
1: damn it i'm sure some people will feel very passionately about this and we'll hear from those people i'm sure oh yeah 99 of people don't give a shit which which are my people <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> thank you we're here for you
1: um so casey as we do every episode let's imagine that you and i are walking through uh, I was going to say China, but it could be, you know, Portland yeah, here.
0: It really could. In fact, there's a, what is it? There's a, um, uh, it's like a, a Spanish Adobe looking building just down yeah. the street from where we are right now. Yeah. And I believe that's when you first saw those. And yes. you're like, what? Why? How?
1: There are a couple square blocks in my neighborhood that look like they were plucked out of California and yeah. fit like a puzzle piece like into Southern this neighborhood. Like Southern California. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Casey, we come across some... Chinese windmill palms. We sure do. Let us ID this tree.
0: Yeah, thank you. Honestly, without your inflection, we wouldn't have known. That I, had to, air I had to make
1: a big. I had to make a big motion because you were looking down. <laughs> I know. And I had to make and it, and I
0: could see it from the <laughs> corner of my. That's how big these quotes are. Yeah. Okay, Alex. We're walking through, literally anywhere in kind of the temperate zone, or anywhere in the high elevation, not quite temperate zones in. Uh, china yeah that's where these uh these trees normally are are known to grow they have been in cultivation from china and japan for many 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 centuries so like all those trees we're actually not 100 percent sure where they came from there's not like a big native population that we say oh yeah they're certainly from here we just kind of see them growing all over the place and Mm -hmm. so we say well i think this is probably where they're from
1: and casey just to clarify this is Tracky Carpus. Yeah. Fortu- fortunii.
0: That's it. Yeah. Fortunia. Yeah, okay. yeah. Named after Robert Fortune.
1: No kidding. Yeah,
0: yeah. Again, you're gonna be you're gonna be surprised.
1: He's a Scottish botanist. Of course he's a Scotch a botch. All Scottish. Those Scotch botches Seriously. Are all over this goddamn podcast. I can't,
0: I I'm really amazed, but honestly, if there's if there is certainly something that Scotland has has given the world. It's Scotch Botches.
1: (laughs) Thanks for your botches, Scotches. Yeah,
0: this is what we need.
1: Do you think a I love Scottish botanists t-shirt is too niche?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know... I don't. I, I think that I think that, that is exactly what we need. And then if anyone has any questions, you just need to roll your eyes as if you're like everyone knows and yeah. just keep
1: walking. It's like the I Heart New York t-shirt, but it's yeah, yeah, I yeah. Heart Scottish botanist. Yeah,
0: exactly. So uh, S-B.
1: Yeah. S-B,
0: small s. All right, Alex. So this is a broadleaf evergreen tree. Okay. If we're really just putting it down in brass tacks, that's what it is. It is a palm, though. And a palm is a is a, a not specific thing. It's more just a description. So
1: mm. everyone
0: says palm tree. It is a very classic. Everyone right. uses that terminology, yeah, which we will get into. But suffice it to say, other people who don't want to deal with that, just say palm. Right. It is a palm. So a palm could be a small shrub like saw palmetto or a palmetto of any sort. It could be a tall tree like a date palm, or in this case, the Chinese windmill palm, also called the chasun palm, which is, I believe, where it's from.
1: So we're kind of using the word "tree" here as a technique, yes, not as a exactly. botanical term. If you have
0: any idea what we're talking about, or rather, if you don't have any idea, go back and listen to the catalpa yes. episode, big nonioides. That one discusses or discusses this in depth. Yeah. So, yes, this is a a technique of a palm, which I think palms actually really show that technique and that (laughs) variety very well, Mm. where you could have a very short palm that has multiple stems, or you could have a very tall palm that grows up, has one big, long stem in the very middle, and then a big puff of uh, foliage on the very top. Yeah. Now, each one of those puffs um, comes from a bud which is at the very tip of that tall stem which is made up of a bunch of bundles Hmm. and that again is something we'll get into a little bit later but you're going to see a palm when you see this uh, when you see this plant you're going to know or maybe have a clue that it is a uh, Chinese windmill palm because if you see it outside of its normal habitat it's probably going to be growing at really high latitudes so for instance we're in Oregon You can find that growing in Oregon, and you would not find any other palms growing here except maybe one or two other small species. For example, Mm. there is uh, the European or Mediterranean fan palm, which is uh, Camerops humilis, that also grows really high in latitude. So these two are like just reaching way up high again the windmill palm actually grows high in elevation so if you lower the elevation but move it up in latitude you kind of get the same temperature gradients and moisture you know what i mean
1: yeah but they're obviously not they're not native to this area but they can grow here if planted precisely yeah so if
0: you're in a place that doesn't usually have your your fauna does not include palm like plants. Yeah. And you see one growing that's like maybe ten feet tall. Yeah. Most likely that is a windmill palm. Chinese windmill palm.
1: I like this uh ID by elimination.
0: Yeah. Honestly, sometimes that's the best way to ID
1: a tree. <laughs> yeah. You
0: can just be like, all the others don't belong here. Therefore this must be it's this other
1: one. Probably a a CWP.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the uh each one of those um big long palm leaves is in fact one big gigantic leaf so the leaves are something like 1.5 meters across 1.25 hmm. and that is like three or four feet across but that is going out to the very ends of their little fingers where they their big circular fan kind of rips apart into individual little blades leaflets you would call them leaflets but i i don't know if i would go that far it is kind of um, it's hard to define for these because at the base all of those leaflets are connected, okay, and they're palmately veined, so it makes you think oh. that they're actually just a very deeply incised, yes. sharply uh, not even serrated, just a sharply incised
1: leaf. Deep, deep lobes.
0: Yes, exactly, um, and so they're circular. And they have a big, long petiole, about forty to fifty little segments. Um, each one of those little fingers that are coming out, which have one vein going down the middle. Okay. And so they are all parallel-veined. Would be something that's going to come up later.
1: Oh wow, this is this is a new term, I think.
0: Yes, parallel veinage.
1: Yeah. So what? It, can you define it more specifically? Yes,
0: I totally can. Cool. Essentially, you have uh, a petiole that comes up, and then when the leaf blade starts coming from that petiole all the veins go parallel to each other up and out. Okay, They're not what's called reticulated, where a reticulated vein comes up and then splits and then splits and then splits.
1: I see. So
0: all the other leaves that you've ever seen, maybe it's a maple leaf. They all have maybe five, seven veins that start and then they all radiate out from a single point, but then they also break off from there and then break off more and break off more. So by the time you're looking at it, the veins are not all almost exactly parallel with each other. So reticulated just means that it kind of branches off and then branches off and branches off and branches off. Okay. Most things in the lily family or that are what we're going to bring up a little later, monocots, they have these parallel veins. So
1: the word of the day, the word of the day, monocot,
0: monocot. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter
1: M, <laughs> monocot. Give us your best Elmo impression, Case. I don't
0: know if I can. I've yelled this entire last weekend. <laughs> okay. So I don't even
1: know if I can what go that
0: Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Why do you I'm, give us your best Elmo impression? I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> said Elmo.
1: Oh, I almost did it and I shied away. <laughs> it is hard to do it. I thought you
0: were just like, I'm busy, and that was you being Elmo. No, like, it's a really bu- bad impression of Elmo.
1: I'm too busy to do the impression. <laughs> ah, okay,
0: sorry. You are actively working right now. Yeah, man. Well, that big long petiole um, is about a meter long, so it's like three to four feet long. They get huge, and they have really sharp serrated edges on the side of mm. it. So as that leaf comes out, it's really, really sharp. And generally, um, in the... Uh, habitats where it's kind of more native uh, over in Southeast Asia, then their the ends of those leaflets, we'll call them, kind of stick straight up and they don't really bend. But then if you get them over into their non-native habitats, all those leaflets tend to kind of bend down towards gravity. So their ends kind of go and just kind of hang down. Yeah. And of course, the big thing that's going to tell you that this is a palm tree is those leaves... Each one uh, has this big, intense base that connects to the stem. And the palmness of it is that it has those big palm-like, you know, leaves, those big, huge, circular, fan-shaped leaves. Mm-hmm. Then they're all connected onto a single stem. I don't think there's an example that I know of of this species having more than one stem.
1: Oh. And
0: that is a very specific thing to the palms, most of them, not all certainly, but most, will have a single stem, and they will not branch.
1: So that's a that's a point in the uh, tree category. now. yeah,
0: it really is. Yeah, we got to keep track of that. There's a that's a that's a tree point. One single stem that grows taller than like 15 feet. You can definitely walk beneath it.
1: Let's update the board. Update the board. What do we got there, Johnny? Two points under a tree. That's what I'm talking
0: about, Johnny. Thank you very much. Everyone, Johnny, it's his first day. Wow, a new character
1: in our canon. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Really, Johnny. Yeah, yeah,
0: old Johnny. Old Johnny the announcer. Oh, boy. So, um, it turns out that those, the the, the leaf, the main trunk, rather, um, is made up of a bunch of bundles,
1: hmm. and all
0: of those bundles um, start... Right at the base with a little teeny tiny bud right on top. That bud kind of gets bigger really fast, and that is the growing tip of the palm plant. Oh, so, wow. You ever heard of palm hearts?
1: Yeah, hearts of palm, yeah, I've heard of.
0: That is the topmost growing bud, the apical meristem that this plant has. And okay. that is where everything comes from. So it's like this big, very well protected top growing point. And then it will put out new leaves that kind of unfurl and then pull themselves out. And they're usually like really kind of tight and they kind of go whoop. And just kind of unfurl themselves like a flag. Okay. The bases of those leaves are what make that big shaggy top on these stems. Hmm. So only the top grows up because it is a bunch of vascular bundles down there. The trunk itself, and this is a knot tree point, does not have what's called secondary growth, it does not grow outwards
1: right casey this is a this is a big one
0: this is a big one this is why most people um would have said many people that i know they completely out of hand say this is not a tree it doesn't grow wood done it's grass
1: this is a um you know what casey this tree is a robbed jeweler it has no rings
0: it's got none it's exactly right that was so good alex (sighs)
1: <sighs> I have to quit.
0: Yeah, you gotta go. So, um, yeah. So it does not grow annual rings.
1: Yeah. This so is a big if you thing. cut into it, it's mm-hmm. just it's just solid Fibers. material. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. Yeah, and we'll
0: we'll kind of get into <clears throat> the anatomy in a little bit. Okay. But suffice it to say that the stem um, is made up of all these vascular bundles, and those vascular bundles at the very beginning when they first start, right at the bottom of that uh, that apical growing point. Yeah that's where the big gigantic leaf bases attach so those leaf bases attach to the outside of this bundle and then as those leaves fall off or die or whatever maybe they're pruned off those outer bundles, or those uh, the bundles, then have this outer layer of the
1: base of the leaf. Does that make sense, Alex? Can you say it one more time? I kind of zoned out. All right, because so there's a lot happening, and I, I'm also, you know, I'm not, I'm not with it. I don't know a lot of these things. That's all right.
0: We're gonna we're gonna try this one more time. Okay, let's right. do it. So you have this growing tip. Yes, that growing tip has below it a bunch of vascular bundles. That's what makes up the structure of the of the plant.
1: Buy me dinner first, Casey. Oh,
0: Alex. You All right, fine. You got it. So, you got that growing tip. You got those vascular bundles. They're having a good time every year that growing tip grows up a little bit. Okay. I know, Alex. You, God, you know, we need you, we need a video <laughs> component
1: in this podcast. <laughs> oh, Casey is doing some really interesting hand <laughs> motions.
0: Well, Alex, that's uh that's not on our Patreon. You can find that on our fans only page.
1: <laughs> fans only. Is it OnlyFans?
0: Yeah. What is it? Dang it. I think I get that wrong. No reason. We had to time. make a
1: new website for nature related
0: <laughs> S- sexual imagery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. It's gonna be a lot of mushrooms on that one.
1: Yeah, man. It's a lot of birds fucking. <laughs> Disgusting.
0: <laughs> so you have this uh this stem. Now a lot of people know about this stem um being very hairy and having like a bunch of stuff on the outside. Mm. That stuff is the old bases of the leaf, where that big, long meter, meter and a half long petiole, the big, gigantic, meter and a half big fan. Yeah. When that dies and they cut it off, that really strong fibrous bit is just all around the outside. So there's a bunch of like, imagine you take your hand and you clasp all your fingers together and you you hold it up like you're about to, you know, have a big gulp in your hand, right? Sure. So that connects on to one side of this vascular bundle, this sheath, this stem.
1: I'm imagining sort of a celery stalk. Yes. The way celery oh connects to the... That is
0: so perfect, Alex. Thank you. I was struggling so hard. Yes, you I got it.
1: you. I got you. Now imagine
0: all those celery stalks around a single bunch of vascular bundles. Yes. That together makes up the stem of a Chinese windmill palm. <sighs>
1: Wow Casey you did it Oh
0: my god barely I don't think I did I think you did it Actually
1: I still don't totally understand but that's Okay
0: well anyway suffice it to say it only Grows up it doesn't grow out yes And that's why you get like you go down to LA Or anywhere else where there's like palms Planted maybe 50 years ago yeah And they're just these long skinny Spindles growing straight up yeah They've never gotten bigger in diameter even At the base the only thing that has happened Is that at the base um, These plants will grow adventitious Roots right from the stem right Hmm. from that very base and they'll just keep on growing more and more roots so they look like they're getting bigger in diameter yeah but they are not they're just putting out new roots that are kind of on top of each other on top of each other so they kind of get a big a little bit of a wider base kind
1: of a thick but that's butcher butcher spit. Ba- not the opposite yeah. of a butcher base, like a convexed butcher base.
0: yes that's more like it <clears throat> yeah yeah. Exactly. it almost looks
1: like a burl at the bottom of them yeah like, it kind of does yeah a big root ball Precisely, Uh,
0: and this is the same for all palms. They none of them grow wider.
1: That's very fascinating. They all grow up. Yeah, I've seen those Southern California palms. Those those motherfuckers are tall.
0: They are. They really are, and they're really strong. Like you got to give them credit. I've seen. Palm trees, coconut palms, or other tropical palms look like they've been destroyed in a hurricane, but they're like the only things that will like stay up and not get
1: completely destroyed wow. in a
0: hurricane with wind or anything. They're very, very strong.
1: Yeah. Good for them.
0: Yeah. So, very strong, not woody, and the big thing is they are still flowering plants. They are angiosperms. So, last week or the week before, we talked about the droop, right? turns out that this also makes a droop are you kidding me z- z- fruit right droop, fruit, droop riot. fruit riot yes thank you Alex droop fruit riot <laughs> Man, I so they actually have these big long panicles of flowers and then those will all turn into these lovely lovely blue fruit
1: uh, are they edible
0: you know, I don't think these ones are. Some are like the date palm. You can oh, eat that. Oh, sure. You know, there's a lot of other little uh, palm fruits that you can eat. What but, a date! Um, what's that?
1: I love a date.
0: Yeah, there you go. That comes from a palm.
1: The that, famous
0: uh, Judean date palm. In fact, most of the time.
1: Oh yes, of of uh, of Caesar's delight. Mm, eh? That
0: is the one.
1: Um, Casey, as we said earlier, the word of the day is monocot. That's right. The number of the day. I have. I have a little bit of a reveal. Ooh this is this episode is episode 69
0: what
1: just saying
0: (laughs) that is that is that just means so much (laughs) and let us all say nice
1: together ready (laughs) Nice. nice casey we have a lot more to say about monocots after this short break we'll be right back with more completely arbitrary Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Chinese windmill palm, a this, you know, like Doctor Evil, Casey. Yeah,
0: tree. A tree.
1: Yeah, that's fun.
0: So this tree <laughs> having a really good
1: time. <laughs> uh, what a fun film, huh?
0: Yeah, honestly hasn't aged that well
1: it's not great uh, i I watched it somewhat recently actually and it had a lot of good laughs in it casey i
0: do i do actually i i liked it when i was younger i had memorized um the second one to the point where i recall at a family reunion Mm. i did the entire show like i said here's how it starts here's what happens next and i like like quoted it and all this stuff it was it was a great time probably was like a 45 minute presentation to all my younger cousins
1: oh my lord yeah it was a lot of fun that's when i'm getting up and going get some punch (laughs)
0: like alex (laughs) leave
1: casey to this sit down (laughs) i already know it by heart casey all right that's that's fair that's uh casey today we're talking the chinese windmill palm also known as um, a palm tree the uh the latin Chasun, name of course Chessing palm
0: oh you're oh i see i see uh, trachycarpus fortuny trachycarpus fortunei. yes um you could also probably go fortunei. Fortunei.
1: i am gonna i like saying fortuny yeah
0: yeah yeah that's that feels better because it feels more latin
1: yeah yeah and it is after all latin. latin casey as we said before the break the word of the day is monocot Yep. Now, this is exciting for me because I don't really know what a monocot is. I know the word mono means one. Yep. Uh, As in monotheistic. There it is. One theist. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. One god. Uh, I don't know what cot means, and I'm Ah. excited to learn. This is very exciting. I'm assuming it's not a little bed that you sleep on in a hotel room.
0: Not in this case.
1: Casey, let's talk uh, Chinese windmill palm and monocots. All
0: right. So- Monocot is in fact short for monocotyledon. Oh, right. Versus dicotyledon. Okay. And this is essentially um, a split, two different clades, but this is actually a little bit called into question, um, that split the kinds of angiosperms down the middle, or not down the middle, they just split them into one thing or the other. So at the very, 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 very beginning of a plant's life, there's mm. a seed. That seed has a little teeny tiny radical that comes down. That's right. And that is the root. It's the very, very beginning. Um, It is the fetus or the the root that's attached to the fetus. So uh, what is it? The The umbilical cord. Yeah, that's what we're going to say. It's exactly it.
1: (laughs) The tap root. The tap root. You've called it before, I believe.
0: It it is the very beginning of the tap root. In this case, for the monocots, it actually kind of stays as a thing. But it's really just the... um, the microscopic thing that starts touching uh, inside the seed next to the germ, and it starts to grow
1: down. Alex? I have another merch idea, Casey. Oh, oh what is that? The word taproot uh-huh. in the tap-out font. Oh, yes! Yeah. That's
0: how we're going to get sued.
1: That's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's
0: a lot of fun, Alex. That's a lot of fun. Thanks. So, you have uh, you have this uh, first little thing coming down. It's a little radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... The two leaves or the one leaf that comes up splits them again. So have you ever seen... I'm going to show you a picture because you have seen this. The first little teeny tiny vestiges of a plant.
1: I love that, Casey. It's, It's the
0: teeny tiniest little first green things that pop up from the ground, right?
1: There is an emoji of that.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That emoji is a dicotyledon emoji because the cotyledons are those two first primordial little leaves that come up.
1: I see. So
0: in a monocot there is but a single cotyledon that comes up from that little germ uh eating whatever's uh whatever leftovers have been packed in the seed.
1: So a cotyledon is uh-huh. just the first is either the first or one of the first leaves that comes out of the top of a seed.
0: It is actually the very first. Okay. Uh, by definition.
1: Right. So Isn't that it, not what I said? What no, did no, I no say? you said
0: or or some of the first.
1: Right, because dicot.
0: Yes, so dicot, there are two firsts. Yes. They happen oh. at the same exact time. Twins. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God.
1: Monocot Congrats.
0: just has the one.
1: Okay, I That's see. That's it. And I so see.
0: These are the embryonic leaves or the cotyledons.
1: Can we quickly go over some other plants that are monocots? Oh, Just yeah. To, so most trees... Are are gonna be dicot.
0: Yes, correct.
1: Like all conifers.
0: Uh conifers? Out of this question entirely.
1: Because they're not angiosperms.
0: Exactly. This is only the flowering plants in the angiosperm clade.
1: And gymnosperms, uh, the conifers are gymnosperms.
0: Yes, correct.
1: Wow, okay.
0: Alex, beautiful. Well done.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Casey. That's really good. What's happened to me?
0: Honestly, you've just you your your botanical heart has grown three times today.
1: I said, you know, like Johnny Cash, like, what have I been? <laughs> comb
0: uh you're just like sitting here you look on your wall stunned you have botanist honorarium degrees everywhere what
1: <laughs> a moment of clarity yeah uh, okay so other other monocots like yep. a uh, tomato plant
0: uh is a dicot
1: all right uh let's say a tulip
0: a tulip is a monocot congratulations thank you mm-hmm. i'm
1: assuming most flowers are going to be monocot incorrect i'm assuming most flowers are going to be dicots so i'm going to edit it that like is correct it, made it sound like <laughs> oh was
0: well done alex um i'll give you a couple big ones yeah right about-
1: this is where we get to a point where like maybe you should just yeah, yeah. do it instead but i love of listening to you <laughs> <laughs> just make guesses. Guessing.
0: <laughs> well it also it's a little bit of a challenge for me because then i have to be like is that or is that not and then come up with this oh so uh, yeah it's I'm, a little bit of fun i'm assuming
1: fun. it makes for great radio oh
0: everyone's loving this <laughs> Okay, all right. I'll just give you the big easy one right off the bat.
1: All right, thanks. Grass. Grass, monocot. Grass
0: is a monocot. Okay. Also, bamboo <clears throat> is bamboo. a monocot. Okay. So anytime you get a bamboo that's uh, popping up, it's always going to have that one single thing coming
1: up. Is bamboo a grass?
0: Bamboo is a grass. It is in the grass family, poaceae.
1: Is the Chinese windmill palm a grass?
0: Depends on who you talk about. They are in a different family called the Aricaceae, which is the palm family. Okay. And the big difference is, um, of course, the fruit and the flower. I see So those are those are some of the big hitters another couple bit of uh, the big hitters uh, Lilies everything that is a lily or in the Lily family. That is one.
1: Is lily a pretty big family?
0: Lily's huge, actually. Yeah, it's got a lot.
1: Shout out to lily.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely shout out to lily. In fact, lily is so high that the lilioid they call them the lilioid monocots now. So, like, it used to be the liliales as opposed to the magnoliales. That was the- Whoa. Magnoliales Ooh. was the really high taxonomic thing for the- dicots. Yeah. And lily ales was the one for the monocots. Okay. Because they were like, there's so many and they were so iconic that they'd say, this is the lily family. Uh, Then above the lily family is the next thing, which, uh, what is that? That's, I think it would have been lily a day. They they just have been changing this a lot recently.
1: Keeps the doctor away?
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lily day keeps the doctor away. So always make sure to have just a little bit of a lily family.
1: Sounds all right to me.
0: Well, it turns out that they would um essentially, that is the two big things. So remember how I said years ago that magnolias are one of the most ancient and primitive kinds of flowers? Yeah, so that is because they are that, then everything else that looks similar to them, they've said essentially is some kind of um, uh, some kind of ancestral relation to the oldest thing that is, in fact, the magnolias. Okay. It's not quite exactly true, um, but at the time when we decided to come up with this, that's kind of the assumption that was made, so we just kind of stick with precedent whether or not it's, you know, truly factual. I see. Same kind of thing with the lilies. They're like, this is like the perfect, most primordial example of what it would be like, so they kind of named them off that. They're also both very well-known magnolias and lilies. Sure. So you kind of get a little bit of whatever. Um, But those plants are the type species for this this big order now it's not 100 percent true but let me just give you um a couple a couple bits that if you are trying to think well what what makes a thing other than like we know that one has one uh one cotyledon coming up yeah the other has two right why does that put them in these big massively different families yeah so that is the uh the kind of a question that I think scientists have really addressed years ago when they kind of say, well, what what makes things different or related and with humans and mammals and things like that, you can look at the embryos and you can see that almost all the embryos of mammals really start looking extremely similar. And then once they start to change and really start to develop, then you start to see these different things happen in different ways.
1: I see. So the cotyledons for these dye and monocots uh-huh. look similar uh across across species
0: yeah exactly until they don't well in fact the remember how you said the 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 first or the the almost first the first few leaves yeah so the first leaves are either one cotyledon a monocot or dicot which are these two the leaves that then follow after that are what's called the true leaves and the true leaves Hmm. then will have at least if not a hundred percent The same. They'll look really similar to whatever leaves come next. Okay. And um, the conifers, I should note, Hmm. they also have cotyledons, but they are not um one or two they actually come up with many times like 15 or 13 or seven or three or something like that some only come up with two and then they they change after that
1: but little, they little the, needles
0: yeah just little little adorable needles Aww. kind of. but the thing is they also have the same kind of thing where every monocot starts with this one cotyledon then yeah. everything after that is different towards whatever species it is same thing with the dicots. These two leaves that look almost, you know, exactly the same. They just like two little green kind of things coming out of the ground. Uh huh. Then everything after that starts to look like the actual, uh, whatever the, the veination, whatever the leaf characteristics are from the maple. Then it'll start taking on those appearances.
1: This is very fascinating, Casey. Yeah. So I'm going to recap a little bit. Please do. For myself and others. There are in in the angiosperm uh, clade. Yes, there are sort of two two types of plants: mm-hmm. monocot, short for monocotyledon. Yes, one cotyledon. Correct. And dicot, yes. short for two cotyledons. Correct. So the monocots, the very first thing to come out of both of these is a little root. Mm-hmm. Following that, monocots send up. One little baby leaf. Yes. The dicots send up two little baby leaves.
0: Yes. And these would be the embryonic like pre-leaves.
1: Right. Technically. This is the image of a human embryo that looks like a little little baby like pig or something. Exactly.
0: Or, it, or rather, you just can't tell because they all look exactly the same. Yeah, like yeah. a
1: little a little a little goob with uh, two black dots for eyeballs. That's it. Um and then so these 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 uh cotyledons mm-hmm. now they may they may look the same as other plants like a yeah. dicot dicot looks like a dicot looks like a dicot yeah until the next leaves uh-huh. The true leaves yes. Come out And then you can Start to identify it That's
0: exactly right
1: So what happens To the cotyledons Do they just like Fall away and die
0: Yeah pretty much They just kind of uh, Once the The main leaves Take over Yeah Then the tree starts Producing its own Its own food
1: Okay they're just There to get the party started Exactly
0: They just get there They say yep We got some sun I'm gonna make a little bit Of photosynthesis
1: <gasps> Oh Then the
0: next leaves Come up And the next leaves are Like like no, we're making the photosynthesis. Like
1: they act as leaves, and they and they feed the seed.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. But then they uh-huh. also will sometimes stay there. Sometimes they'll just like pop up and then go bleh and shrivel and die as the next leaves take over and right. it grows quicker. Yeah, wow. exactly. Right. I will say this is very cool. Certain leaves don't look. Uh, certain cotyledons uh-huh. don't look. Um, exactly the same so like everything in the nightshade family mm-hmm. potatoes and tomatoes they will all all the peppers eggplant, i think it, yes 100 percent um if you look at a seed you take a little seed you buy it at the seed store and you plant those they will all look exactly the same okay and then all of a sudden it will pop up and one will be a pepper one will be a this one will be a that but they're all in the same family
1: oh. all of
0: their cotyledons look really similar okay Another plant, like, say, something in the squash family, so a cucumber, a potato, or a pumpkin, Mm -hmm. any other kinds of squash. In fact, they're all technically the same thing. What is it? I think cucurbitae pepi, pepi, something like that. Hmm. Um, They're all exactly the same. Uh, One other good friend of the pod, uh, Gabe, we've actually talked about him multiple times. Um, He once told me and sent me an article, all pumpkins and... Um, like big squash and zucchini and things, they're all the same exact species. They've just been bred a little bit. And if you let them flower, then they'll, they'll basically all turn into the same gourd because they're all the same exact species. What the hell? We'll talk about this some other time. Oh my yeah, God, what a th- tease. There's some species of um, uh, vegetables that are all the same. The famous one is uh, brassica. Um, the broccoli, cauliflower, oh. um, kale, brussels sprouts, yeah, those are all the same exact plant, but instead of growing in the same way, they've bred it for different things. What the so, hell? like, one bred it for the leaves, one bred it for the buds, one br- bred it for a white floret, the other bred it for a green floret. Freaky, real freaky. We'll have to talk about that yeah. some of the time, Alex. Jesus, um. But the um, all the cod for these plants will look exactly the same. Okay. So you have, they're, they're not um, 100% across the board. Every dicot looks exactly the same. Okay. But big families and big groups will look exactly the same. Fair enough. But ultimately, there's going to be two or there's going to be one. Now, um, some other things that monocots and dicots have that are a little bit different um, pollen with a single furrow or spore in monocots as opposed to dicots they have pollen with three furrows or pores.
1: I was expecting two.
0: I don't really know what that means to be very clear. That goes into some botany that's way deeper than I can ever go. Okay. So we're just gonna pass on that. Here's a good one that I've talked about multiple times. Uh, flower parts in multiples of three for the monocots. Lily is the perfect family for this. Mm-hmm. Every lily you've seen, a trillium is also in the lily family. They always have three petals, three sepals, three... Leaves or leaves that are usually in ones, threes, sixes, nines, things like that, versus flower parts in multiples of four or five for the dicots.
1: Your roses,
0: your rose family, it's perfect.
1: Dogwoods,
0: Uh, most of the peas, they all have five. They're just in a different way. Okay. Um, Dogwoods, uh, not quite. But dogwoods, though those aren't leaves. Actually, no, dogwoods, they do have everything in fours, but the big things that you see, those are bracts in the dogwood, right? right. So there's a little bit different.
1: Go listen to our dogwood episode. I need to. Jeez, Alex. Whoa. Sorry.
0: Okay, here's the other thing. Major leaf veins, as we talked earlier, in monocots, they are parallel. In dicots, they're again reticulated, which means they kind of branch off from one another. Right. Um, the way I think about reticulated um, is it has a spot where it like bends or turns and goes off in some direction. Uh-huh. A reticulated bus are those big double ones They have like that squishy bit in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah that's a reticulated bus. Okay. Um, the stem vascular bundles are scattered, yet most of the time they also in monocots have them around the the outside so if you see a monocot vascular bundle system you're going to see them kind of randomly spread out through the middle of the cross section if you cut through that stem Uh but then there's going to be like a kind of a, a big ring around the outside like that's where a lot of the heavy lifting is done versus stems have vascular bundles in a ring in dicots this is the big quintessential thing that makes a tree a tree wow so In a tree that we're not having air quotes on.
1: No quotes. No
0: quotes. You know how they are always well known of growing out in rings, especially in the temperate region where we have our seasonality, right? That's right. So the big thing is that all these vascular bundles are out in this outer ring, but they also have developed meristematic tissue, which essentially is stem cells, in this zone we call the cambium, and it will grow out every single year as opposed to the monocots, all their meristematic tissue is located at the very top of this big vascular bundle. Mm. They just took all their power and concentrated it to the very, very top. And they make leaves that are like the size of cars. Right. Whereas the dicots, most of the time, the leaves are way smaller. They're not near as like really hard and uh, tough. Some of them are, Um, but for the most part, all their, their big thing that they did differently is they put a bunch of meristematic tissue surrounding the entire, entire thing. So they are able to get actually woody and develop a new ring of, this, uh, of these vascular bundles, which we call in trees rings. Each year, it's a new ring of vascular bundles that's put on so we can see that pattern.
1: Wow. Is that going to okay. make sense? Yeah, so just as much as a tree is a technique, Mm-hmm a uh, monocotism is a technique yeah
0: yeah i think okay. that's exactly right
1: they just they just they're just built differently but it's mostly the same parts
0: it's it's the same parts just put in different places sure. because they're both angiosperms so they're all really related And on top of that, there's a bunch of different ideas where they thought this used to be just two very equal, obvious differences, but that's just not quite the same. Um, One of our resources that we'll have linked um, is from the Berkeley, um, one of their museums down at the college there, Mm. and uh, they have a very, very simple, easy to read, like almost too easy to read, Alex. You would see it and be like, that's the worst website ever.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) It's the
0: kind of website that I'm like, yes, yes. No pictures, no anything. I need to read through just long
1: paragraphs of information. It's a notepad file. I love it. I love it to death. In like six point font. It is HTML at its finest. <laughs> it's the most rudimentary. <laughs>
0: uh, it literally is just called monocots versus dicots, the two classes of flowering plants, and they wow. have a really good um, discussion in here about what's called paleo herbs because a lot of mm. people are probably pulling their hair out, being like, "What about the you dicots?" We're going to kind of skip over that. out. What is
1: that? I guess we're going to skip over. You yeah, can't uh, tell me.
0: Essentially, um, it is the idea that um, monocot, or rather the the monocots and dicots, they thought were just these two very specific things. Yeah. But it might be that there are some. There's evidence that the monocots developed from dicots. So in the evolutionary history, oh, they kind of split, and then the di- or the monocots split again. So there's some dicots that have some of those those um, uh, characteristics we went through earlier. Mm-hmm. Some of those are present in the other group, right? And so it's not so cut and dry. So they're like, well, so that must mean that they've shared some amount of DNA yeah. somewhere. And they also have the power to lignify. As I said, bamboo is a monocot, but it gets really hard and woody. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't grow necessarily new rings of wood, but it's really hard and woody Yeah. enough that you know you can support entire uh, structures and yeah, you know, things build like with that. It, yeah. So, you get these things that's kind of like, well... That's interesting. It's not so cut and dry as science wishes that it was. I like this theory. And so, I think this goes back to um, what you're saying is that, yeah, being a monocot, being a dicot, it might just be a strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, the the palms, as I said earlier, including the windmill palm are really really tough trees they can grow and get battered by hurricanes and if you go to some of the uh like photos or videos where there's just been some devastation in some area because of a hurricane or a tsunami things like Mm. that the only thing that will be still standing are palm trees yeah that's pretty impressive um, and as we said before, that there's adventitious roots. They just keep on getting stronger and stronger, but they do it in a way that isn't the same as what other what we call trees do. Right. And now I'm saying it with like a uh, a little bit of a pretentious quote here.
1: Yeah, it was a that was a bit uh, aggressive. Yeah,
0: I wanted to be aggressive because uh, you know convincing myself that maybe palms, uh, maybe trees, uh, actually should be called fake palms. No. I'm trying to reverse trees this, are Alex. palms in quotes. Yeah. So what if what if palms uh, they develop their tree first, and then other trees were like, well, we're going to do it this way, and I now see. we give them credit for being real trees. Wow. Which strategy came first?
1: You ask. You've turned the hipsters on their ears.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Um, but if we just uh, just want to talk about what what is the most successful, I think we can probably put grasses and bamboos up pretty high on the success ladder
1: yeah man like
0: grasses um because of this structure they will get destroyed because of fire or herbivory something like that then they'll just grow straight back up and Mm -hmm. they'll just keep going
1: and there's just oceans of it yeah literally across continents
0: so it must be a pretty good strategy in terms of living and you know, if you're going to say, well, a tree is a tree and they're way cooler and they're way bigger. If you want to be a purist and say a tree must have secondary growth, which is a big thing. That's, that's one of the big like checks. And a lot of people would say that a, a palm tree is a grass. It is emphatically not a grass. Okay, Grasses have blade-like uh, leaves that come out with those parallel veins. I don't think I can think of very many except maybe some bamboos, which are in the grass family. That are, um, they have that that fan palm like uh, leaf that comes out. They certainly don't have any big gigantic fruits that come down that we would call anything different. Their fruits are these little tiny seeds like barley and rice and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's all in a very very specific grass category.
1: Okay, yeah, but, but don't bamboos grow secondary growth?
0: Um, not really. No, they, when they, grow they, leaves? they grow leaves, but secondary growth, Alex, is that, uh, making diameter rings.
1: Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I misinterpreted secondary growth as like limbs.
0: Oh no, sorry. Sorry. Uh, limbs, not, not technically in this case, that okay. is, that is just another primary leader coming out, uh, going left to right. Got it. Whereas secondary growth. Um, is more described as coming off as particularly that meristematic stem stem cell-like tissue on the outside of the trunk that grows out radially from the middle. Got it. That would be secondary growth. So anyway, you know, I think palms are pretty cool. I don't have anything against them.
1: Casey, it sounds like we're ready for our review.
0: I think we are. I think we are, Alex. And I, uh, Let's do it. I think I think this is going to be good.
1: Wow. What a setup. Here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on the Chinese windmill palm, this tree, and then give it a rating. Here's my proposal. Mm-hmm. Zero to 10, golden fronds of honor. Golden fronds of honor with a D. Yes. I think that sounds good. <laughs> uh, Casey, As our resident expert, we'll begin with you.
0: Oh, right. Alex, I find palms in a few situations great, in other situations abhorrent. Mm. I will give you some examples. Okay. Um, I find them to be great if they're planted where no other large tree can grow up here in the Pacific Northwest, where large trees crush it, because up here... It's just a simple fact. Palms don't do very well. Okay. If they did, they would already be here. We have them that grow, you know, up into California in Florida, Mexico, so the, you know, the south. We don't have them up here because other trees were like, hey, you know, hey, we can do this way better. And Palma's like, that's cool. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go hang out in warmer climes. If you guys ever wanna come down? Give me a call. We'll have drinks. It's gonna be cool.
1: A lot of the a lot of the palms I've seen here, I will say, look kind of pitiful. Like it, they're struggling. Yeah,
0: yeah. and that's because they're like I hate it here. It, okay. They don't hate it. They're just, you know, they're really tough. So I give them credit for being tough. Yeah. However, you know what? If you can plant a northern red oak or a Douglas fir, you should do that. Right. Otherwise, if you are growing them down in a beautiful garden, down in central or southern California mm. or in Mexico or anywhere in the tropics, yes, sir. that is the quintessentially best most beautiful thing when you're looking up uh the trachycarpus fortuny yeah and you're finding like all these pictures on like a google image right they're like growing in these chinese valleys with like these huge sheer mountains on either side and they just look perfectly of that place yes that is the that is gorgeous i'll take it every day of the week i love seeing them on a, a Beautiful island popping out from the side above the surf. Little coconuts hanging and all that. Not the Chinese windmill, but just palms in general.
1: Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome.
0: Um, So that, I think, looks great. I think that is delightful. That is the way it should be. But um, if you're planting them in, let's say, I don't know, I'm just going to guess of a place, Southern California, Mm -hmm. and you are like, no, this is like the classic Southern California thing. You plant a palm tree in the street or around your house, and they grow up, they shade
1: nothing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And in fact, they're so like iconic down there, like Hollywood and all that sort of area, that people want them all over the place, but they don't do a damn thing for helping that city not literally burn off the face of this planet.
1: Great point, Casey.
0: So many people are like... Uh, stop planting these. We have to cut these trees down when they die and we're going to plant an oak tree or a fig tree or some big gigantic tree that is going to grow and be gorgeous and big and beautiful and actually do good work. Yes. Other times, people are like, no, I just want to plant this beautiful palm tree and then it grows up and becomes this weird spindly thing that's like 60 feet tall and it doesn't do anything. Yeah. That, I think is the worst. Don't plant them. Plant them in a garden where you can then let it grow up and plant something underneath it. There you go. They are not forest trees. They are trees of the forest where they will grow with the forest, in the forest. They do not grow in these big, like really closed canopy things. Well Some said. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alex, having said all that, um, I'm still gonna I'm just gonna have to be like, you know what? I'm gonna give this uh, I'm gonna give this like a five point six Okay, I just uh, you not know, too bad. It's not too bad, but ah, yeah, it's just you know they're fine, they're just okay, in the right place. And I think we could say this about almost every single tree. Mm-hmm. If I go to one of those gorgeous valleys in China and I see this, I am going to send you a text message and we'll be like eight point five out of ten, right. the perfect place, right? But as it is standing right now, they have a good place. They should be planted infrequently and with other things similar to multiple other trees we've talked about on this show. Yes. So five point six. Also, I don't want any of that hate mail being like Casey Clapp likes palm trees. Right. I'll get canceled in a second.
1: <laughs> Front page of the of the National Enquirer. I was trying to think of National Geographic. I and I the said National Enquirer. Five point six Golden Fronds of Honor. For the Chinese windmill palm from dendrologist Casey Clapp. Yep. The Chinese windmill palm. I
0: I thought for one second you were about to tell a long form poem about this.
1: (laughs) I could probably look up a haiku or something. That'd be fitting. Are haikus Japanese? I think so, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, never mind.
0: They did grow. They're they're potentially native to that area, but it's very unclear.
1: Okay. Here's something that is clear, Casey. This is not a tree. Wow. It is a tree. I see. And as such, I will be giving it a score in quotes as well.
0: Ooh, okay. Okay? All right. This is
1: good. So I want to make clear to anybody who's keeping track, you know who you are. (laughs) This is sort of, this is a special occasion, okay? Yeah. This isn't, I mean, this is canon, but this isn't like... I don't know. This is like the Star Wars novels, you know. Mm, mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah. this isn't like a New Hope. This is like, <laughs> uh, it, you know, this mm. is the Thrawn books. <laughs> um, I like, I like palms, and I like the Chinese windmill palm. Uh, it's got a good name. It's got a single stem. I don't know, case. I, I'm not super passionate about it. Okay. I, whenever I see them in Portland, I think, oh, that's cool but they also always look like shit. Yeah. They're just a big mess and they're like brown and like really floppy. And -hmm. like, it's very clear that they are not anachronistic. What's anachronism for, um, place. Ooh. Um, I would just say out of
0: place. They're out of place. Out of their
1: element. Yes. They're a Donnie tree. They are lost geographically. Um, however, if I were to visit one of these beautiful valleys full of palms in China, yeah, I'm big into that. As it is, I'm not feeling too passionate about the Chinese windmill palm. Okay. I'm going to give it a 6.0. Ooh,
0: in quotations.
1: Yes, 6.0 in quotations. Makes
0: me wonder exactly what it is. Now, I, I'm going to ask, but I don't know if I want the answer of mm. what you would give it if you uh, if there were no quotations there, and I know you gave all those uh, like the caveats, yeah. Um, but my part or my my heart wants to know if you saw one in one of these Chinese places. Yeah. What do you think you can give it?
1: Like China? Yeah. Um <laughs> Did I say Chinese places? I meant, like a place in China.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I want to go to a Chinese place, like uh. Sichuan, or maybe. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would have to experience it for myself. Okay. Alright, that's fair. That's fair. Um I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't deign to uh to uh, guesstimate mm, on that. Yeah, that's fair. Um as it is, that was our review of the Chinese Windmill Palm. Casey, it's time for a game. A returning classic, a fan favorite. This is Who Can It Tree Now? Who Can It Tree Now? Who can a tree now? Who can a tree now? Who can a tree now? Here's how it works, Casey. I am thinking of a tree. Okay. You have ten questions and seven minutes. Oh, Alex. To deduct what tree I am thinking of. You mean deduce. Yes. Hmm. You may ask yes or no questions. I will be selecting this tree from the iconic David Allen Sibley Guide to Trees.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm ready, although I don't know what the tree is yet.
1: No. That's the game.
0: I was hoping to try and trick you.
1: I have a tree in mind. Would you please remove your headphones and plug your ears and hum a little tune away from your mic? The tree I'm thinking of is the myrtle oak, Quercus myrtifolia. Okay, Casey. That was a little Zen tune you were humming to yourself. Yeah, a little
0: loud for a Zen tune.
1: Casey, I'm going to set my timer.
0: Okay. Can I see the timer? Can you set it
1: up so I can see it? Oh,
0: sure. Sure thing. Well, we can both see it maybe.
1: Um, I don't think so because we're sitting we're sitting uh yeah, parallel like to that. each other. Okay, perpendicular I'll, I'll let you to
0: know in. Time time Wait, you haven't even started yet. It started already. This is so unfair. Yeah.
1: Well Wow. Okay.
0: All right. Um is it a You
1: spent time saying Is it a conifer, it, Alex? It is not a conifer. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's one. You're so competitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: weird to see you like this.
0: Uh, <laughs> okay. Um is it? opposite or deciduously i'm sorry it opposite or alternately arranged leaves
1: i believe they are actually s-
0: that was not a yes no question alex i apologize oh is it opposite no okay now i just because i've been burned on this before yeah are you sure that this is not the leaflets that you're looking at it might say in the description
1: i am looking at a illustration of the of a twig of this tree. Uh-huh. And the leaves coming off of it, yeah. the buds, uh-huh, and the leaves okay. are not opposite.
0: They are alternate. Okay.
1: I didn't say that.
0: Are the leaves uh <laughs> are the leaves compound leaves?
1: They are not.
0: Okay. So we got simple We have alternate. You're not making it easy for me. (laughs) Um, Is the fruit edible?
1: Yes. Ooh, ooh.
0: Is a fruit edible for Alex, Croson, and Casey Clapp?
1: yes mm, okay. I'm, okay i'm giving you a lot with my facial sort of yeah i'm seeing i'm that. emoting i'm
0: seeing where the answer is yes but i'm also getting an idea that it's not technically yes uh, but i see what you're doing
1: it is technically yes okay all right technically it yes may not but be like practically yes yeah
0: practically yes okay thank you okay so it's simple it's alternate um is it does it grow higher than 80 feet no. It's a short tree-ish, shortish tree. Um is it in the rose family?
1: It is not.
0: Okay. All right. So I'm at six questions now, I believe.
1: Yes, you have 4 questions to hmm. go and 4 minutes and 25 seconds. Yep. How about that? Okay,
0: there we go. Got 1 minute uh basically each question. Okay. So, good math. Is the um does this tree have thorns? It does not. Ooh, I am not gonna get this one. Um, simple, edible, but not really practically edible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, are the leaves big or? Uh, yeah, are the leaves big? And big would be defined as as maybe like larger than six inches. No, they're small leaves. Okay, so we got <laughs> simple. We got alternate. We got it's a. Semi-short tree. It does not have thorns. Its leaves are not very big. It's got kind of small leaves. Correct. Um Okay. Okay. Um This is hard, Alex. Got three minutes and three questions. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm trying to do is think it through. I want to know. Yeah. I want to start narrowing it
1: down. So what are what are what are your options now?
0: Um the leaf shape. Uh does a leaf have lobes or any other kind of serrations? Uh, deep serrations no okay so it is a simple entire leaf alternately arranged on a medium-sized tree probably growing somewhere in north america its fruit is semi-edible is this it's not in the rose family
1: uh, right so two questions remain two
0: questions so it can i ask these two questions and then guess yeah okay for sure so um let's see Perhaps the next question would be about the fruit. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. What about, um, is it native to the southeastern United States? It is. It is. All right.
1: Tick tock, Mr. Clap.
0: <laughs> Who said that? Johnny, are you here?
1: <laughs> it's Johnny. Oh, oh no. God. I what thought twist. we fired that
0: guy. <laughs> Okay, one last question. It's native to that southeastern United States. Sure is. It does not have compound leaves. Its leaves are simple. Um,
1: One question.
0: Have we covered this on an episode of Completely Arbitrary? We
1: have not. We have
0: not. Oh, man, that really threw me off.
1: You have a minute and 45 seconds.
0: Okay, I'm going to talk you through what I'm thinking. Okay. <clears throat> so it's native to the Southeast. We can eat it, but we also don't eat it very much is my guess. Because I don't think it's something that you would say is edible that you and I uh, could eat, but just can't because it's not here. I think it's more that, like, man, eh, it's not going to kill us, but yeah, we would eat it. But would we eat it?
1: Nah. Good deduction.
0: Um, it is a small to medium-sized tree. It mm-hmm. doesn't get very big. Its leaves are simple, alternate and uh entire margins or nearly so at least there's not any big uh, you know serrations or anything like that so mm-hmm. that means it's like not an oak tree uh i don't think it's a maple tree because that's not an al- uh, alternate it's not a walnut it's not a hickory the the tree would be edible so it can't be uh it's not like a willow and it's not a it's not a uh a, a papa anything like that 30 seconds
1: 40 seconds
0: 40 seconds so honestly i'm trying to rack my brain with a tree that's native to the southeast that we would be able to eat but not really like enjoy eating and that is meets all those requirements um and i am honestly coming up short Wow. I really am not sure what do this you, tree
1: is. Do you resign?
0: I don't resign because I have 18 seconds and I'm just going to make a guess. It's also not in the Rose family, which kind of shuts down a whole bunch of things. Okay. It's a little kind of fruit tree. It makes something that's not very good. Oh, five seconds. Five seconds. Alex, I resign. I, I don't know. I can't think of what this tree is. I'm just going to try and venture a guess real fast. I'm going to see if I can just come up with something. Mm -hmm. Is it a Sassafras?
1: It is not, Casey. Oh, yeah, because we already come. Oh, darn it. Now, Casey. That was
0: such a good guess or good question.
1: As you were saying, it's not this, it's not this. Yeah. You said, it's not an oak. Yeah. And that was curious to me. (gasps) I wonder if I missed something, or if I misinterpreted one of these illustrations, Casey, no. it is an oak.
0: Oh, son of a gun. It is
1: in the Quercus family.
0: Okay, see, that's on me, because Genius. usually Quercus uh, doesn't have uh, simple leaves, it, but you're right, Alex, it could be.
1: Casey, the tree in question was uh uh-huh. the myrtle oak. The myrtle oak. Quercus myrtifolia. Oh, Alex,
0: every now and then you do us a really good job. Everyone who got that right 10 stars i i don't i've actually never never been involved in that tree
1: you've never been involved in it nope what I a have, curious yeah. way to say that yeah, thank you thank
0: you <laughs> uh never never have i ever read that name in that book and had it stick in my brain
1: also called the shrub oak ah, it's very small
0: and shrub like it is a tree son of a gun alex well done. I think of I'm like 50-50 on those.
1: Yeah, you've done a pretty good job, Case. And Stop. I I I, I, uh, I picked a stumper today, no that was pun a good intended. One. Oh. Um, but uh as always your 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 uh, process was well thought out. You just you I you know you skipped over that one qualifier. Yep, yep. And, there it is. And there's your Achilles heel. I
0: was really expecting you to be like, and um well you suck.
1: <laughs> and I was like, wow, I would thanks, never Alex. say such a thing. Casey, that was Who Can It Tree Now. It remains a mystery. It is time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. This week, our question is from Emily Price. Dear Casey and Alex, writes Emily. Hi, Emily. Hello. I came across this article and thought it might be an interesting topic for discussion. Emily then linked to a Scientific American article titled... Botanical sexism cultivates homegrown allergies. I don't know how prevalent it is, and being from the UK, I don't know if this is mainly a US problem or a worldwide one. Would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Casey botanical sexism
0: well now this is this is something i've heard a few times and I've, I've read some articles about it or just read some opinions about it perhaps is more accurate
1: unfortunately i'm not familiar
0: well alex without reading the article which we'll have linked in our uh our show notes the idea being um if you have two different kinds of trees um Particularly, one that is a or a species that is dioecious. You have male plants and female plants. Sure, the male plants will produce the pollen. Uh-huh. The female plants will produce the fruit that, yes. that pollen then fertilizes, and then rather the seed, uh, and then the fruit will develop after that. Right. So um, that is where this is kind of all coming from, and over the years. Everyone uh, who lives in a place has been like, I hate getting apples. I hate the fruit that comes from a tree. It's very bothersome. It creates havoc. Imagine having a gigantic oak tree over a plaza. Every Every good mass year, that oak tree then just rains down acorns across this yeah. plaza. Or the quintessential example is the ginkgo, where the female ginkgo creates the fruit that smells literally like vomit.
1: That's right.
0: So everyone's like, well, I really want to plant ginkgos, but I don't want to plant one that smells like vomit every year around fall. Mm. So the uh, the powers that be, mostly in the nursery trade, as well as in um, trades that are in plant breeding, have done two things. One, created triploid plants that are um, not able to reproduce they just kind of they, they don't reproduce whether that is because their genes don't work and then their fruit is aborted before it becomes big or if it just doesn't produce it um, and you get like the seedless grape kind of thing you know okay um, but then you also get um people who said well why don't we just breed um male plants and then we can call out the female plants, only sell the male plants, and then they will not have fruit.
1: A reverse Jurassic Park. Uh, What do you mean? In Jurassic Park, all the dinosaurs are female.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So it's they literally can't that. reproduce. Gotcha, yes. Perfect example. Um, Now, I actually, I have chickens on the, the land where I live, and oh, there's yeah. a chicken who switched its sex. And apparently this happens in chickens, and then we had a rooster, and that rooster was fertilizing other eggs. No kidding. Chickens and other birds being dinosaurs, I would think that having a bunch of female dinosaurs, one of those dinosaurs is just going to be like, I'm just going to switch over, and then they'll start to...
1: I believe that is a, one, of the, one of the plot points in Jurassic You're Park. You're kidding right? me. Yeah, they find eggs. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay, all right, Perfect um so anyway okay. sorry Alex, a little, don't, don't frogs that?
1: also do that
0: um i this is a good question i don't know frogs probably can
1: switch sex i think
0: so yeah, yeah. i think it, it happens i mean ginkgos do this it happens everywhere in nature mm. like it is it, um that happens the idea of sex and gender and all that kind of thing in terms of any living thing is quite fluid and is not a cut and dry as we've talked about on this program before yeah so in this case um Again, it's not that cut and dry either, but the big thing is um, people have given it this term, botanical sexism. And they say because of botanical sexism, we only plant men trees. Because we only plant these male trees, we then get a bunch of pollen. And then somewhere I read that uh, someone sent over to us that then if you have only male trees producing pollen, then all that they're actually producing more pollen. Because because they have to compete with other trees, which is just patently false. Trees don't do that. They don't know if there's more or less. They have to be more bravado, you know, produce more pollen. So that is not true. But you do have, if you say, only plant male ginkgos along a street, all those male ginkgos are going to produce pollen. Where if you had maybe half and half, only half would produce pollen, the other half would produce the seeds, and those would not produce pollen. So, um, over the years of this happening, you've gotten cities that have gotten a huge influx of male trees that don't produce fruit. Now, that is the idea. Does that kind of make sense, Mm -hmm. generally? So, here's my big problem with it. Most trees we plant are not dioecious most of them are monoecious trees
1: which means that one tree has both sex organs on it
0: yes exactly or i would rather say has are they called either sex
1: organs uh,
0: um no not really yeah. uh, you could though i think it's very analogous that's not a problem
1: one tree creates pollen and seeds exactly yes like precisely a conifer.
0: exactly so you have your seed plants uh or your uh <clears throat> pollen bearing plants and then you have your you know egg or um seed plants yeah so, um, you also have perfect flowers that produce both, and they they you know oh, have yeah. the like a magnolia,
1: magnolia. Um,
0: but then there are others that have only flowers that make pollen, only flowers that receive pollen. So, the vast majority of our trees are not one or the other. Yeah, we certainly have done this, but it is um, adding the term botanical sexism in my opinion, is a uh, it's a big flashy headline that people are going to be like, what? And they're going to click on and then they're going to read through it and it sounds plausible, but it also like taps into a really intense cultural issue that we're having here and conflates them. Yeah. And I don't like that because A, it was not men who were like, we're going to only plant these kinds of trees. Everyone was like, we hate having ginkgos that smell like vomit oh, here's a solution, and they made the solution. And then people are like, well, now I'm, why am I so um, so congested all the time? Like, why is pollen count so high? And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, it's probably mostly grass. Like, grasses cause a vast majority of the pollen really? that people deal with. In my understanding, I will look into this further, Okay, but grasses cause a huge amount of pollen. Every other plant that exists in a given space creates a huge amount of pollen. Mm. Um, so, just saying that it's a subset of trees that are dioecious, which we have chosen the ones that create the littlest mess to plant in our urban areas to choose those ones and then conflate this issue with this really kind of hot-button issue, um, which has been around, I think, this specific article. It came out, I think, in 2015. Yeah, 2015. Mm. Um, you know, So it's been around for a while, but it, and still, in my opinion, it conflates two issues, and one just isn't quite – it just doesn't quite match up where I am fully – in the, uh, in the camp that there is sexism that is underlying almost everything about our culture yeah. that causes a huge amount of problems. And that is either unknowingly or knowingly perpetuated. Versus <coughs> the tree plant one, eh, I, I don't know if it quite rises up to you know some cabal of, of nursery people who have said, yeah, listen, we're only going to plant male trees because they're better.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little—it's a little reductive and undermines actual human sexism, which yeah. is like a huge problem everywhere. Exactly. Um, and is the root of like real suffering. Yeah. Um, and this, I I think it's a silly term. I I, um, I kind of agree with you that it's like, it's potentially like, supposed to be, uh, it's a little. It's a little clickbaity. It's a it's, mm, a, it's mm-hmm. supposed to it's supposed to poke at you, yeah, so that you read more about it. Yeah, I exactly. Guess,
0: maybe. Yeah, and it totally does. <clears> but <throat> and then in this, it specifically cultivates homegrown allergies. It's like, well, sure, yeah, but you know, I I doubt that it's only those trees that are causing you problems. It may be maybe you live on a block that's filled with male trees in a specific way. Yeah. But my bet is if you do live on that block, A, you're lucky enough you live on that block. B, you're also unlucky that maybe you just have intense allergies. Um second or thirdly it also um, is very likely you're getting a normal amount of pollen from a normal monoecious tree that's growing next to you. Right. So it's like go out there and identify those trees and do that study and tell me that um, it is explicitly these trees that are out there. And I will read through this and maybe we'll talk in this more uh, at more length on a Patreon. But um, they do have um, several different citations in here. Um, that I was curious to read, but just we didn't have time this time. Yeah. Um, But also, I've heard about this for years now. So that is my opinion, and that is kind of what answers. So um, I hope that kind of goes into it a little bit uh, for Emily.
1: Thank you, Emily, for your question.
0: Do let us know what you think about this, because it is is hot button, and uh, I know that we all want to be as open and uh, listening as possible. So... I just want to be a little bit concerned that it's a hot button issue that's not an actual hot button issue. You know?
1: <laughs> it's a cold button issue wearing a hot button issues mask. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Um, if you have a question about trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. That's P O D at gmail.com. Join us on Instagram at arbitrarypod. Or if you want to support the podcast, with a little bit of money. And get tons of bonus content. Join the Patreon for five bucks a month. You can join the Arboretum and get two bonus episodes a month. I think we're up to like thirty-five episodes on the Patreon now. I think so. Something like that. It's a pretty That's good a amount. A lot of bonus content, a lot. I would lot. say. That's probably worth five dollars. You can listen to it all and then cancel the next month. Oh yeah. And
0: you know what? Actually, as you say that, Alex, the value goes up every single month. Great point. Yeah. So it actually technically is cheaper.
1: Yeah. But only
0: only if you start later. Anyway, let's not get into this economic uh, <laughs> you know, conundrum here.
1: <laughs> or you can join the Cone of the Month Club and get a unique die-cut cone sticker illustrated by an independent artist in your mailbox, your actual mailbox, every month. It's a lot of fun. Casey Clapp. Mm, Alex Dresden. Speaking of a lot of fun, I've had a lot of fun with you today well, recording I've- this episode of Completely yeah, Arbitrary. I
0: have had fun.
1: Wow. Today back with the air quotes i'm not going to read into that (laughs) don't do it don't do it um yes a controversial episode a controversial tree but uh an interesting topic i would say
0: i think so too we'll be back next week maybe with another
1: tree (laughs) surprise no air quotes on that one (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of completely arbitrary we'll see you next time goodbye
0: Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp.
1: Our artwork is by Gillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals.
0: And you can support the podcast at Patreon.com/ArbitraryPod,
1: and find additional readings at Completely Arbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.